What's good, Internet? And welcome to Session 92 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. I am your host and blue tunic link, Alex Arona. I like these themes you got, Getty. They're going pretty well. Uh, with me, as always, is red tunic link, Joel DeWitt. Gotta get that defense boost, huh, Joel? You know what I always say, the best defense is not getting hit. That's that's a lot funnier for a lot of different reasons. True that, as always, is lame green tunic link, Eric Getty Gettinger. Worst tunic, worst member. That's very hurtful, but I just call it vanilla link. And you clearly have no appreciation for the classics. Or the loud squeaking coming from your track. That's going to be great. He is going <laughs> to town. <laughs> he loves that donut. Yeah. And of course I know what Zelda likes are. You guys just think that it's too broad of a genre. You, you know, we could have just let it go. You're the one that brought it back into the mix here. <laughs> I know, I could have skipped over Getty's damn making fun of me. That joke uh, never gets old to me. I will always throw in Zelda-like. <laughs> Which has now become uh, Metroidvania's. But first, mm -hmm. this week we slay endless hordes and early adopters. Try to find any news that's possible, and then set sail in the backlog blog. But as always, let's start off with Early Adopters, where we play alphas, betas, and Muso games with Nintendo branding. Now, see, I'm still holding off that my first real Muso game is going to be Persona 5 Scramble, if that ever comes out. Looking at you, Atlas. Atlas. It's coming. Mm -hmm. what, what you doing? Calm down. Where are you at? Which is coming first, Persona 5 Scramble or Persona 3 Remake? Scramble. Yeah. I'm, I think Scramble. I, I mean, scramble. It, it, it's just translation. I mean, is it? just it's translation over sounds a year. reductive. But uh, the, game, the game is made. They, they just need to get past the 10-yard the, the line there. It's the, been over a year now. Sports metaphor. Down. They got to get everybody to record their lines. Mm -hmm. Probably. And then record them again. And then and record them a third time. Mm -hmm. Matt Mercer does not work cheap, guys. I mean, it's Who's probably fine. He's Fox. Oh, okay. What else does he okay. do, Getty? Uh, a lot of stuff. How much time do you have? All not the time you need. to record a full podcast. <laughs> I mean, he's McCree. Okay. Oh. All right. Okay. He's got that D&D podcast that he does, so... Mm, okay. You know. Is that, uh, what was it called? Critical Role. There we go. That's your favorite. Yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so, uh, Joel, I have played a Dynasty Warriors game, but I want, like, a real dip into one to <laughs> a be... A real that one? <laughs> yes. Because that one didn't count. No, it doesn't count. Neither does Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, which Joel is playing. Tell me about it, Joel. Playing? I finished it. You I've finished actually it. beat... I've beat a game. How Somebody long was that game? Uh, too long. Too Probably long not as so long it, as it could have so, been. So no, two hours? No. I, I, two hours? Gosh, I, I didn't check the actual it's gotta uh, be close time to like count, 10. but it's it's probably 10 plus hours if I yeah. recall right. And, and that was not even touching a lot of the side stuff. And there's That's a true. lot, a lot of side stuff. So uh, for anybody not initiated, Muso games are basically these games where you play as one or several characters, one at a time. 
you're sort of traveling across a map, fighting off waves of enemies with this sort of like action-y uh, combat in a 3D space. And then uh, the the usually the missions is to go to certain waypoints and like beat bosses or like named characters because everybody else is just grunts. Yep. And now my first time I played it was a Dynasty Warriors game. I rented it. It was one of those things where it's just like, okay, I played this for a couple hours, mindless fun. Now I'm kind of done with. Uh, this is so. Who here has played Breath of the Wild? Alex has. I've raised my hand. Okay. Do you have interest in playing Breath of the Wild? Alex really makes it a hard sell. <laughs> it's it's a very fine it's game. game. It's just not it's just not necessarily my cup of tea. Okay, all right. So uh, let's just uh, I'll I'll table the story stuff for a second. That the game play the game set in the world of Breath of the Wild. Uh, in the before events and, and what you find out Daddy, early on in breath of the wild is that it is post a calamitous event a calamitous event where in the past of this version of hyrule they were preparing to fight off ganon they lost ganon takes over the world and uh, all the heroes die and lose basically and then you're waking up as linked 100 years later Zelda somehow kept Ganon contained, and your story is trying to basically save the world from that afterward. See, now I want to play. When yeah. Alex had described it, he made it sound like somebody was trying to remove his fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you see, one of the things I love about Breath of the Wild is that it is that setting. Like... Most of the Zelda games I've played, you're in Hyrule, and Hyrule is still sort of like a populated, normal area, bustling with people and stuff. And this version, it is like everything, almost everything's in ruins. You know, there's still small smatterings of like people and towns and stuff, but you can go to like what looks like the Temple of Time, and it's kind of dilapidated. And yeah. you can go to different, like there's like a Lan Lan Ranch. Uh, spot somewhere in there too, and I like and, that the, that those the 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 little pockets of people though they do seem like a real world. They seem lived in. They seem like they're bustling and doing their everyday stuff. And you can watch that they're having conversations with each other that don't have anything to do with Link. Right, but but they do. They are flavored by the events that took place and like the history behind like what happened. But they talk like it's you know telling a story you know from generation to generation where it kind of gets washed down a little bit over time but it's like that is the baseline coming into this is that it's using that world it is doing a story that's a prequel basically to the events of breath of the wild where in those events your job as link was to escort zelda to recruit these four different champions from each of the different beings, races of creature on the earth. Uh, and, and it was a Goron, uh, that, which is like the rock guy, a Rudo, which is like yep. the bird one, yep. uh, a Zora, which are the fish yeah. ones, and then... Uh, what is Impa? It's not Impa. It's, uh, no, what is Impa, though? What are her people? Sheikah? Chica. Mm. Mm. Gerudo. It's Gerudo. 
Gerudo. Yeah. There, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. There you go. I, I should know that by now. <laughs> I know. You're the you're the Zelda guy. But uh, yeah, one would think my my brain is mush right now. So it's set in that world, and each battle is like a Dynasty Warriors battle, except that a few distinct differences. One is it's all Zelda enemies from that world. Uh, so the Batoblins, the uh, Guardians, all those characters from that game are, are there instead. Uh, two, they've got unique power-ups related to Breath of the Wild. So in Breath of the Wild, they had like the, the stasis power-up, the, the bombs, they had the uh, magnetism thing, you know, and... Just like in Breath of the Wild, you could use those different items or powers, you know, to dispatch enemies. And even some of the larger boss creatures, they would have patterns where in order to stun lock them, you had to use certain power-ups from that wheel in order to stun them and then actually get damage on uh, the sort of wheel. So how how does like, that translate in Age of Calamity? Does it have, like, uh, different weapon types that you can equip then with the buffs you, you can so like okay. uh lynch has like in, in most zelda games it's the master sword right in breath of the wild it's all like picking up weapons off of other people and so like as Link, you could have swords you could have uh javelins you could have uh shields and stuff and just like that after each round you complete they give out different weapons uh, as rewards and then in the menu you can actually switch different weapons and they'll have different attributes there's also a blacksmith where it lets you sort of consolidate five weapons at a time to boost the power and give extra stat boost there like it could be like movement speed or uh, you feed guns into production guns. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but, i mean it kind of is you feed swords into swords and i mean it, it's just yeah, but that makes sense. You melt down the metal to reforge a sword instead right. of, I'm going to tape these two guns together and get a <laughs> mega gun. And that's the Borderlands mega. logic that I never mm-hmm. understood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I mean, these these missions, in between them, what you end up having is you finish a mission and it goes to the Breath of the Wild map, and you know how big that is, Arona. Uh, and you're looking at the map, and it puts all these different markers all over the map in between missions. And there will be side missions, and most of them will be things like what you do in a, nem- a normal mission, except that it's more contained, short. It'd be like, fight off 300 of these guys, and then you complete that task. Okay, now go beat this boss. Stuff like that. Okay. And because that's something that they added into the Musou games much later. Mm-hmm. I think it, I I can't exactly recall which <laughs> Dynasty Wars it was, but for the most part, like the first couple were just like go, and then right. later on, right. the, I, I I can't remember. I think it was Samurai Warriors. That one I definitely recall had all mm-hmm. of these extra side missions, and it would put you into the same level, or it would make you go through the same level backwards and oh, different geez. stuff would happen. Yeah, Getty is actually a pretty OG Dynasty Warriors fan. Like he's been oh, playing. Really? I picked played up a... nine just to futz around with it. I think mm-hmm. I, I mean, spent played two a lot of hours them, right? on the first mission. <laughs> like and like you you, you played that. a lot of them, right? I played a lot of them, yeah. Yeah. That's kinda, it's kinda like many. I don't I don't necessarily <laughs> mention it that, like I've played every single monster hunter. Pretty pretty close to to completion. 
So mm. Getty's got like some hidden. This is my. <laughs> This is my, my genre that I don't really talk about, but is like, I will play all of them. It's because nobody yeah. else really, like, how often do I get to talk about something like this? It's That's true. So, uh, I'm going to assume, Joel, it's it's got the same kind of, uh, like, ability. You get, like, a super move that you can use after yeah. you defeat him. So, which one was your favorite? Because that's, that's what I want to know. Like, what was it and what was your favorite? Okay, so there's one character that's just completely broken in this game. Okay. Uh, her name is Impa, and in Breath of the Wild, she's like this old sage that's like a hundred years old that is trying to tell you like the events of what happened. Is in that game, Link has amnesia, my favorite trope. And in, in this game, since it's the before event, she's like a yonder kind of ninja character, and her abilities are things like she will sort of send. Gosh, I'm not even trying how to describe it. Almost like uh, magic damage at people, but she's—it's very much this ninja thing where she's projecting like the scrolls out as she's doing moves, and you like take these symbols. Like, there's a move where you will sort of draw symbols from the enemies, and then you turn that into like uh, mirror images of her. And so you're walking around. There's like four or five. Uh, image is of her around her and it's like they're all attacking at the same time and it's just it gets wild there are points where when you're fighting with her like the the frame rate goes down to a chug just because of all this say, happening yeah, it, has to, it has to be a thing for this game and her her special move is literally just like going like this with like the uh you know sort of stance like that and uh basically lobbing a barrel bomb at the people and it's just it's it's all really wild and you know they, they integrate the breath of the wild stuff really nicely in that in breath of the wild one of the things you can do is if you do an, a timed dodge that's like just a nick of time it slows down time and you can do a bunch of slashes against the enemy uh so it, it integrates that well and it's just yeah, it, it, I think the gameplay is sound, you know, and the addition of the, the Zelda paintbrush over it really adds a lot for me. Uh, not that I don't have gripes. I mean, there are some of the enemies that just feel painfully cheap because <laughs> here they're all elemental stuff where it's I'm like, sure. okay, this one's fire, this one's uh, electric. Uh, two, at the end, it gets fucking ridiculous with just how much stuff it throws at you i and i can only imagine so uh, uh talking about tropes in the muso mm -hmm. games when you get to like the end it's just like wave after wave of enemy commanders and they'll throw like four or five of them at you at the same time and it, oh it's yeah. not so it, it can be difficult to survive but if you <laughs> If you do it correctly, then you could usually just corner everybody and, like, wail on them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they never got to four or five, but there was definitely parts where there was, like, two or three general types. And, like, one would be a lightning and one would be, like, an ice. And you can counter these moves with your own elemental attacks, but most of those elemental attacks are limited. Like, they got a bar that goes down pretty quickly when you use them. And, I mean, it was... I got through it eventually, but it was really a slog. Uh, 
Silver lining, though, like most Zelda dames, Ganon was pretty easy to beat at the end. <laughs> so, I like uh, they always say, like, it's not Ganon this time. Oh, it's totally Ganon. It's totally Ganon. <laughs> I think there's only, I mean, there's only one of them I've played that it's not actually Ganon. But even then, it was like the original incarnation of Ganon, just with a different name, basically. Yeah. Uh, briefly touching on the story stuff. Um, I'll try to keep this fairly spoiler free uh but i don't expect worth... much story wise so uh, uh, well <laughs> so basically like like i said the events leading up to breath of the wild 100 years ago they're preparing for ganon's appearance ganon appears and corrupts everything and, and beats everybody except for zelda and link uh they retcon some stuff in this game <laughs> <laughs> pretty hard and not only that but they pull characters from Breath of the Wild uh, in sort of a uh, travel through time kind of conceit <laughs> to help assist in the battle. Woof. I-, I mean, and, you know, if you don't take it too seriously, it's fine. Like, okay. it's just, it's silly fan service. Uh, but, you know, a part of me came into this hoping that, like, it would end in a kind of halo reach kind of ending you know and do you guys play halo reach at all crickets yeah no? i don't think i ever played reach I, just okay. one two four yeah so i'm one, two, four. i'm just spoil i'm just spoil halo reach and, and that's like that's <laughs> we didn't even plan on talking about spoil that, that so so in that in that game what happens tor- around it is like during the events of the game your different squad mates are getting picked off, basically. And at the end of the game, you're sort of stuck in a zone where you've helped people escape, and you're the only Spartan left on the planet. And then the last mission, it says mission objective, survive. And you're just playing their fight against wave after wave of enemies, and there's no way to win. Like, you are just there until you die, and that's the end of the story. What? You could have, uh, we could have spoiled the. Uh, what was it? Final Fantasy Crisis Core. At that rate, <laughs> is that, that last the same battle, ending? the last battle, okay. is spoilers okay. for for everybody that hasn't played <laughs> Crisis Core. Which actually, that might be a lot the, of people. The, P- but, the PSP game that you can't even get. The, the last battle is like, all right, survive. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you know what happens to Zach. You so. know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> like all right, that was yeah. a painful battle too. I was like, oh. Oh, but come on. but like the you, you find out in Breath of the Wild that like the last stand that Link has is on this battlefield with a bunch of guardians, which are these like spider mechanical things that are the beastly things, and he's fought off like hundreds of them, but then he eventually falls just as he like loses eventually. But I was kind of expecting that kind of ending, and it it didn't do that, which was kind of a bummer. But after I got over that, like it's. It's silly, it's absurd, but it was plenty of fun. Like, I I wouldn't want to play it again. It it was definitely a rental, but uh, if you are looking for Zelda's fan service, if you're wanting to dabble more in that Breath of the Wild world until the sequel comes out, uh, rent it. Find it on GameFly. You know, don't don't pay the sixty bucks for it. Again, I think Getty's kind of ready lined up to play both Breath of the Wild and this just for mm-hmm. his love of Musou games. <laughs> yeah, I think at some point. 
Fair yeah. warning, Breath of the Wild is not a Musou game. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of <laughs> figured that. So, I'll give you Breath of the Wild in a couple of years once I finish it. Yep. <laughs> All right. It'll be a couple of years. Ha! All right, so, that was a lot of Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Was it? I tried to go fast. <laughs> uh, it's <laughs> my fault there. if we didn't go very fast, so. No, it's fine. Uh, Getty actually spared us a little bit. Getty is now in charge of picking our games for future episodes. That's not true. Hmm. (laughs) And you picked Tukoni? Tukoni. 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 Now, you know, by the way, this gets added to our beat list. That's all it was. What? That's it. No, I thought that this was, uh, there was more to this. Mm, Not from what I saw and looked it up online. Tukoni is a point-and-click adventure game complete with uh, backpack items that when you click on, get dragged automatically to your backpack on the screen. Kind of like those old-school, what is it? Um, what am I thinking of? I'm thinking of Full Throttle. I'm thinking of... Okay. Uh, what was what was the one I, I really liked about, though? The one with the skeleton? Grim Fandango? Grim Fandango. Yes, I really yeah. like Grim Fandango. And it was one of those kinds of games, but with the artwork of... Eric Carlisle looked a lot like a kind of almost yes. like the very hungry caterpillar. Exactly. That's kind of what drove me to play this. I I was just tooling around or futzing around on Steam, however you want to say it. And uh, it popped up in one of my lists and I was like, this, I love the way that this looks. So yeah. I was like, let's try it out. That is so charming. Like it just, it looks great. Right. It's, it really a, it's a free game. It is half an hour. Yeah, it was probably about half an hour. But this and is a it was, labor of love if I've ever seen one. Yeah, it's 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 them trying to tell a little cutesy tale and and almost seems like uh this almost like a proof of concept like they're trying to figure out almost how to like we this is the, this is what we want our character to look like. This is how we want mm-hmm. him to interact. Let's see what we can kind of put together. And it, it does kind of end abruptly, but it's it's I could see this being a full-fledged game. Uh, with you know at least like a couple hours of you exploring finding these items and it's very uh take an item out of your backpack and kind of interact with other items to see what puts them together what what you can put together to create something you know what i mean what oh this interacts with this figured it out okay that was that was a a cool little puzzle that took me a you know like a, a couple minutes to sit there like oh what am i doing what am i missing what am i missing you know they, but they were all pretty uh, beatable. Like one it's of the things very, I did challenge. Very simple. Like, okay, because one of the things I did challenge with these kind of games are, especially the older ones. A lot of the puzzles are really obtuse. You, you know that they, they don't really give you any clear inkling about like what the order of operations is to like find certain items, give it to this person, etc. And no, one of the nice things is uh, your character keeps a journal with some of the mm-hmm. information in it, as well as there's a little bar up at the top that if you click on it, it gives you not only your inventory, but like a, a thought bubble that'll pop up and be like, hey, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Now, there isn't any spoken word at all in the game, so it's it's got very like soothing track that goes with it, and mm-hmm. then just it just goes... Like, I, I felt it was very natural, um, and again, it's gorgeous to look at. 
at least yeah. I really appreciate this art style. No, sure. that's Eric Carlisle is one of my favorite artists. And in this case, it felt like that storybook. It, the way they talked, which was just like pictograms, you know, they would, a thought bubble, a word bubble would pop up, but then it would all just be pictures <laughs> of them directing each other what they want or what they're looking for. And if you explored the environment enough, figuring out the puzzles was kind of a breeze. I did have one singular complaint. All right. And that the singular complaint is enabling certain actions, figuring out certain puzzles. The game would just take away control for like, I want to say like 10 to 15 seconds. Hmm. So they they the okay. puzzle at one point, like for instance, it would say, give this item to this guy. They'd be like, okay. And I'd click the item, click it to the guy. And all of a sudden it would take your mouse away and he would walk over to the guy, take the item out, hand it to him. Hand, and then, then the guy would do something. But like, it just like, I could have walked over to him, press the button. And then the animation could have been like a little bit more quicker on the pace instead of it. Like once you figured out the puzzle, it took it away from you, like every mm-hmm. motion at all. So it just, it kind of made it, I, I felt I feel like once I did the puzzle, I would just stop and take my hands off the desk at all together. I would just sit there and wait for the the solution to play out, and then I would continue. But I was, I found like I was actively waiting a little bit longer than I I really wanted. Uh, I think that right. comes to the storybook element that you were talking about, Alex. So yeah, for the story, you're waiting for it to go, and it's not as like action packed or anything that. Oh, it's it's with. absolutely it's not it's not meant to be action packed. I thought, to be fair, I had a rough day at work, and this was probably <laughs> the most. Uh, most relaxing part of my day. I was I was actually very surprised. I was like, "Crap! I still I haven't played the game this week. I gotta go play that game." And I sat down. and I was like, "Oh, I'm pretty pumped now." I'm like, "This is nice. This is nice. This is, <laughs> this is comfort- I, I would I would play this before bed. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just that kind of game. I'm just I feel like pretty pumped, pretty comfortable. I'm like, okay, this this feels very. I like the art style was cute. I like the character. I don't, Getty. What animal was? I don't want to say I'll say they, but I, I mean more that is his name Tukoni? I'm pretty sure he is Tukoni. Okay, he and says, what hey, what is he? I, I'm looking at Steam. Play as Tukoni. The forest spirits as you meet unique characters, solve captivating puzzles, craft new items. So he is a forest yeah. spirit. I don't think he's supposed yeah. to be a specific animal. Well it's not like he's a I'll forest s- spirit. And because he, he hangs out with squirrels and stuff. Yeah. Squirrel. And who was also, the other guy that we ran into? He was also... I don't know if he was a badger or if he was a... Yeah, it was like a... Yeah. Did you guys know this was based on a series of books, apparently? Well, there you yes. go. I did Ukrainian artist Oksana Bula. Interesting. I, I had no idea. Uh, yeah, Makes I sense. Did, I did read that. It actually got me... Um, pretty pumped on this even more just because i'm like yeah this is what i this is what i would want this is a story that i would read to my kid i would be like mm-hmm. oh Ducone, mm-hmm. let's you know and it would now i can obviously well there you go alex i think this is oh it was boar you meet boar but i think this would be like a, a nice like introduction to games for for somebody that isn't sure or if they just want to experience it it's nice slow leisurely pace you don't have to try and book it from end to end and i'm telling you if you got the extra 20 minutes or so check it out yeah i recommend it again free free and that art style can't be beat 
Now, um, with Tuconi, uh, I did definitely feel like that was like some warm soup belly. Uh, unlike uh, Hyrule Warriors, listening to you guys felt like I was getting punched in the face repeatedly by 300 enemies. I'm taking a break. I'm very tired. <laughs> Beer back. <laughs> Watch me complete this quick time event without any missteps. Nice. It might have been because I failed three other times before, but this time felt I got good. It. Felt real good. Felt good. Yeah. Do, do you really want to hit on someone and then talk about quick time events? Yeah, that is a yeah. quick time event. I'm efficient. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing on with the news. Uh, first piece of news, we have the Video Game Awards, where we will be live streaming and talking over it with our friends over at Gaming Fix. I called it the Fuck You Getty Edition. Yeah. Official name pending. Official name pending. <laughs> <laughs> are the aficionados actually agreeing to do this with us, or are you just sort of uh, volunteering them to do it with us? Joel, that uh, was real my- smooth. The aficionados... <laughs> I try. Like yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking with them, they are very interested, and I think we are going to do it for 100, almost 100. Uh, percent We just got to see right. which which of that 11 team deep Wu Tang Clan of a podcast is going to be joining us. Yeah, right. <laughs> I would have to assume that it would probably be somebody close to the same time zone as us. I I want to say I, I I'm pretty sure right now it's Pat and Allison. Not sure I about think, Alex or Andre. I think that both of them Fair. are still, they're both state bound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah, make it easier. So that is an exciting thing. Uh, so that means there will not be a podcast next week, but uh, there will be live streaming of the game awards, which will be a lot of fun. Second piece of news. Cyberpunk 2077 has a 56 gig day one patch. These patches are getting out of control. Oof. That is a beast of a patch. Well, I mean, the the other news that it's actually pretty rough is that people are playing it on PS4 already, and apparently it runs like trash. Hmm. And also it looks like trash. Do do they have the day one patch with it? (laughs) No. That doesn't come out until day one. (laughs) You mean it doesn't come out on day eighty to seven? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to the all digital future. <laughs> well, it's gonna be pretty bleak. I like that people. I'm a, I'm happy for people who are excited for Cyberpunk, and I am not. I, I'm not anti CD Projekt Red. I just it's a lot. Those games are a lot. I'm anti played- crunch time. That's also yeah, true. Anti-crunch that's good, time. That's something that they are notorious about, and they've been on crunch mm-hmm. time since the beginning of the year. Wait, was it last year? I feel like it's been something ongoing. Like it's been yeah. for a while. And that's I, only what they've told us. It's not yeah. like, oh, yeah, they were probably crunching for longer than that. 
You, did you guys hear or see the the tweet from one of the developers saying like, "Oh, this game is gonna be hundreds of hours <laughs> to play" or something like that? Yeah, I, I mean you're you're gonna have to crunch to finish that game before the end of the year if you're trying to get it on your uh, best of list here. I don't know; those things have a lot of cutoffs, and I think that it, this will be on people's year, year list next year. Hmm. Hmm. Assuming it's good. Assuming it's good. Well, I just have a pretty good track see. record. Yeah, uh, uh, and people like Heart, Heart, yeah, people like Hartwood will excuse it, just like he does with Fallout. So, I, I just, um, I like The Witcher one and two, and th- the thing is, is that games like Skyrim and Witcher and uh, the newer Assassin's Creed, when there's not a direct path forward. I can and there's a lot of shiny, shiny side quests on the side. I lose mm-hmm. the plot real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I don't, I don't it mind is. side quests. I just when there is so many all the time, I just I'm out. It's just a lot of those Bethesda games. There's so much empty space everywhere that it just bores me. You know, mm. it, and and you have to go to the place to be able to do the fast travel and. It's just like I don't, I don't, I don't have the time for that. I ain't got time for that. I mean, I'm trying to play. I platinumed Skyrim, so I'm sorry. And I'll and Fallout I'm, Four. I'm not sorry. <laughs> Those feel like four. good. I, I felt good about platinuming it. It was a journey, and there's a lot there that you can miss if you don't. Oh do yeah, it. for sure. I mean, I, I don't. It's asinine what you have to do to get to it, but. It sure yeah, I don't, I don't doubt the lores there. I don't doubt the great experiences are there. I, I had a few moments the last time I tried to play Skyrim, especially when like the dragons start showing up. It feels crazy and epic, but like so much empty space you have to travel through to to get from spot to spot. It just it it, it loses me every time. I just can't, you know. And maybe it's my history with weed, but I just can't <laughs> keep the focus. I can't keep the focus on some of the. Like, and you know what? You know, say what you will about Persona 5 Royal and Persona 5 that we played them both, and then I'm trying to finish Persona 5 Royal and put in another 120 hours in that game. Uh, that's, that, is a, that is something that deters me in a lot of games, but at least I can cape my focus forward instead well, of it, a thousand things on the side taking me away. And, and, the, and the things you can do optionally are limited in its scope. And are pretty narrow to actually get to from A to B too. Yeah. So like it has all these options, but you are being winnowed into direct through lines to all of them. You know. Now, Outer Worlds, that had instead of a thousand things all over the place all the time, I had six things. And while a lot of people didn't like that because it was so much shorter of an experience, I felt like having six things was manageable. mm Hmm. As opposed mm-hmm. to having twenty-seven things, that game was but, real quick. Mm-hmm. It was, and that made that made it didn't it didn't overstay its welcome. I got what I needed out of it. I enjoyed my experience, and then out. It's good. Now, uh, the next piece of news: Kratos is a featured as a character for Fortnite. Really, I didn't I didn't know this one. Is a mm-hmm. character for Fortnite season five. I, I did know about Doom Guy coming to Fall Guys. I love, I love, I love, mm, 
one of the favorite things me and Joel have loved for a long time is these fighting game crossovers that have been happening. They yep. have been wild. Getty, did you know uh, Noctis from Final Fantasy XV was in Soul Calibur? Yes. And it was it's wild. And 2B. And 2B. 2B. Yeah. I, I actually bought 2B. <laughs> I saw, and do you, you played Soul Calibur? What, how oh. is it surprising? <laughs> it's very surprising. Getty, I, every time Who I've tried to get you to play you? a fighting game, you literally just like, I don't know, it sucks, I'm done. Soul Calibur's my jam. If you go to an arcade and they have Soul Calibur 2, mm-hmm. yeah. I've yeah, known you yeah. for... Mitsugugi. Like 15 years and I'm learning so the much. The fates stuff conspire. I, I'm all, I was always a cheap ass that chose, uh, his name was Killich, the guy with the, the staff. Yep. That was moves like halfway across the stage as you're playing. Uh, See, yeah, I was a virtual he's... fighter guy. Mm-hmm. Those games got really technical. They did. Yeah. Did you play any of the recent ones yeah. or recent mm-hmm. relative? But like, it's insane the the level of combos you have to do in that. And it's one of the things the... that's kind of enticing me to go play a Yakuza game. You could play the virtual fighter games in them. <laughs> Oh, oh man, no thank you. Yeah. yeah. But no, I, I like these crossovers. Uh get a, you ask here what crossover or special characters would you want in a game? Actually I wrote that. Yeah, I think oh, Joel wrote that. Wrote that. Joel, I was thinking you, like what? a Musu uh persona <laughs> crossover. <laughs> I hate you. Scramble. Give me scramble. <laughs> Uh, let's think. What is be some good like uh, some game crossovers that you'd like to see? Hmm. Hmm. Mega Man and Street Fighter. Oh wait. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. Kind I just of like done uh, Fall Guys and yeah, Doom. I just like MVC two. <laughs> yeah, that that. Give me MVC two. That's all. That's it. That's all I need. MVC two. Yeah. You know what I found when they ported that to PlayStation 3? Mm-hmm. The only people that played it online are the psychos who would just do like 200 hit damage in one yeah. go. Yeah. The whole match. Never like, play it online. <laughs> no. No. I, you know, I was always the person in my, in my friend group that was like the best at fighting games and stuff. And then we went to college and I got uh, humbled there and then i i foolishly play online and all this stuff and get trounced there it's i i I, i'm a glutton for punishment uh joel do you have any other uh special characters or crossovers you'd like to see Mm -hmm. wait i got it what's up hollow knight in rivals of aether yeah that'd be a good ad they have they have ori they have shovel knight Throwing Hollow Knight in there. Look at that. Mm-hmm. I should. I'd take Hollow Knight and Smash. Do it. Hollow Knight I, for Smash. I want Samus in F-Zero only so we can get a new F-Zero game. <laughs> okay. You think that that would be You've been be banging the, that drum for a long time, my friend. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to... I'm trying to will it into existence, I think you, know? <laughs> you would be better off trying to proposition them to bring Captain Falcon... Into a Metroid to, game. Into a Metroid <laughs> I think that would happen before you get an F-Zero, unfortunately. It, it would be like uh, being able to play Richter in uh, Symphony of the Night, right? There you go. <laughs> Sans in Rivals of Aether. Code. Uh, Sans from Undertale in Rivals of Aether. I like Rivals of Aether. And Sans is already in Smash. 
Rivals of Aether is good. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. It's just but you know I would take I would take Hollow Knight and Smash just because I want that amiibo. That character is cool as hell. Hmm. Do they do they have any indies that are on that roster? They're not. Didn't they have Shovel Knight? There. He is a trophy. So like, there's not, Hollow Knight a, there's, not a, a, there's not a Shovel Knight amiibo. There is a Shovel Knight amiibo, but that's like yeah. for actual Shovel Knight game. It's not for Smash Brothers. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Getty, what would you? What do you think? We got a you got a, a crossover in mind? Actually, I don't. I can't think of anything mm. good. I think you guys uh, actually covered it pretty well. Beat that horse to death. Yeah. I mean, I'll think about it and I'll scream it out later in the episode. <laughs> do it. <laughs> so for the, for the rest of the episode, if you come up with an idea, just yell it out. I, it I do have some other news for the podcast that Joel tweeted out online. Is that he picked up? persona 5 royal oh snap that's news yeah oh yeah yeah is I'm, that technically I'm, video game homework because i'm currently playing it <laughs> and i'm not done with it i uh this will be my probably december game after i get done with final, final fantasy, fantasy 7 yeah. here yeah yeah do it you'll be surprised how much they add at the beginning of the game I, it's I'm surprisingly real... a lot it's still going new yeah. stuff every time yeah yeah i'm i'm uh, i'm I'm 60 curious hours to try in. it. Yeah, I, I'm curious to try it. Like, but the price is right, you know. The, the, and it was the steel book edition, so I got the nice uh, taste and everything. And uh, I guess they must not have sold that well around here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't That's know. not surprising. But yeah, I, I know. But I'm fucked nowhere. I did. <laughs> but no, I uh, uh, I'm 60 hours in, making my mm-hmm. way downtown. Nope. 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 You get us in trouble. Walking fast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, no, no way. Uh, Joel, tell me about this last piece of news. Yeah, so Nintendo Switch got updated, and one of the features was that you can now share your photos from your Switch to your phone. Finally! Uh, In order to do so, you need to scan a QR code. What's that? Uh... I don't know, actually. A QR code? <laughs> Alex, I thought you played all of the... Was it Watch Dogs where you would scan QR codes in the environment? Yeah. Yes, it's I that thing that looks like a box with all the uh, jaggy with the, black with the boxes and white. In it. Box, boxes and boxes and boxes. Yes. And if you look um, underneath it, there's a snake. <laughs> what are we doing, though? What Seriously, what? they don't know what they're doing. Why are you doing this this way? This they, is stupid. This is they so stupid. A, they have a phone app. Like yes. they, they made a phone app to rationalize not having any of this stuff onboarded on the Switch. And then they don't use it. Like the the what is it even for? That's what they did uh, with Animal just, Crossing too. It, it it has to be data collection. Like they they must just be glomming onto your phone to do your personal data. I hope so. I don't I don't I uh, maybe maybe they're crypto mining from your phone through the app. I, I'm not sure, but like... And again, this is what they did for the Animal Crossing. Make your own custom stuff. Here's a QR code. Why? Mm-hmm. This is the stupidest possible way to do this. The the excuse Nintendo usually gives is something along the lines of parental control and for the children. Like, you know, protecting the kids. And I think some of that stems from, like, the features they've provided in the past that 
are open enough for people to mess with. So, like, there are stories about people using 3DSs to try to communicate with kids <laughs> and get, figure out how to meet them with it because they had a messaging system on yes. there. And, and then uh, Wii U had uh, Miiverse, which is, like, a really cool thing where you could, like, have different message boards with games and you actually, like, draw pictures and and send messages to these message boards uh, but of course like like most places first thing that happens is that a bunch of dicks are drawn all over the the pictures so yeah yeah that's the I, I think uh yeah yeah nintendo's very afraid of the internet except for charging you twenty dollars a year for it but, yeah. but I mean, there's so many other apps that don't have to do with Nintendo. Getty, did I ever tell you about that one app that me and my uh, coworkers used to browse? That was geolocation anonymous boards. No, it was, it was only within like a half a mile radius that you would get the local, and not like people would just start posting whatever, mm-hmm. and it generally was used in high schools to to heckle and bully people. Because only people in the high school could see that they would be bullying somebody. And uh, me and my coworkers would browse it during the weekday because it was all hilarious, like, juvenile crap. And at one point, someone goes, prom party, my house, here's the address. And they put out a full address. And me and my, my, my boss stared at it and goes, what, you want me to pick you up around 6, 630? <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to a high school prom party, boss. This is this is like the Pokemon Go of uh, teenage misery. Like <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> it's it, it's it's wild nowadays. You can find other apps to do crazier stuff. You don't need a Nintendo Switch, but apparently a 3DS you can. Yeah, it's a buck yeah. wild world. And in this buck wild world, when I fail QTEs and kill everybody, can't win them all, Getty. Can't win them all. Never goes as planned, Alex. Mm-mm. Well, let's take a break. Ahead into the backlog blog. Be right back. back back with the backlog blog where we play games that keep popping up in my steam store homepage. now uh, i know what this refers to but i'm actually gonna i brought two games no and because I, uh, then that means we the return of the Oberdin pops up in my steam store homepage oh. all the time and i don't know what it is so can you tell me what the hell this game is <laughs> yeah okay okay i have two games i'm gonna break them up you're gonna be in the middle but first return of the Oberdin. this is I believe it's Eric Pope, Eric Pope, who created uh, Papers, Please. Yes. Getty, did you ever play Papers, Please? I know about it. You've explained it to me six or seven times. I've made Steve play it, and he actually kind of low-key loved it. He's like, oh, man, this is pretty good. I like uh, Papers, Please. <laughs> uh, Papers, Please. Uh, for, oh, it's Lucas Pope. Eric Pope is a different, is a different developer. He works for Harmonix. Uh, Lucas Pope. But uh, Papers, Please being a, where you're a border crossing agent checking, uh, you're checking passports and documentation to let them in, basically a job simulator in a, in a very kind of silly context. 
Now, return of the Obradin. A ship has returned to port, and everybody is dead, and half the ship is trashed. You are an insurance adjuster, and your job is to use a magic stopwatch and to uh, figure out how all 50 crew members have died. All right. So that way you can make accurate claims. And that's the game. You use your mat. You find uh, uh, an item in the that'll light up. It'll be highlight. It's all black and white. It's like very sepia toned. You can change the tones. It could be green. It could be like it looks like a Game Boy. But it's all kind of three D. And you walk up to an item, and uh, your 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 hand will pop up the stopwatch with a skull on it. You hit the stopwatch, and you'll get a little bit of like an orchestra, like like detective drama, like orchestra where you go dun and then it'll go black, and then you'll hear just a quick, I want to say, 30-second conversation of what was happening at the time, just black, and you'll see the text of what, of what they're saying. Then you'll see a diorama of someone dying, and you can zoom in and see who they are based on an old photo you have, and you can zoom in on everybody, get all of that person was here, this person was here, this person was here, that person saw it. And then you have like a two minutes to kind of examine the death scene. And then that's it. Then you, you've seen that scene. Then you go on to the next scene. And sometimes scenes beget scenes because if so, someone died here in this spot and you see three people standing over the body. But if you walk behind them, you'll see another dude getting knocked off the ship. So once you see that scene... It'll actually connect to another scene and say, there's another scene, and you'll see a white trail. You go follow the white trail, and it'll start up another scene uh. where you'll see how that guy got knocked off the ship. So you'll see a, a backwards version of playing the three scenes. Like, oh, it started over here, but I'm starting at the end and going backwards, watching how certain people died. And you have to come up with their name, and how they died, and then there was something else I have to look up, but... You have to come up with these three facts, and there, there is, I want to say, six or seven sets of, uh, like, stories. So there'll be the sixth story, and there'll be four murder scenes in the sixth story that tell, like, a bunch of people who died because of some sick disease that was happening, but you have to figure out how. Okay. Because some of them didn't die from the disease. Some of them, like, oh, we're carrying this body. Oh, and he fell down the stairs and hit his head, and oh, he's dead. <laughs> It sounds and like it's just a series of terrible events. Yes, because again, you had a crew of fifty and they died. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it sounds like people systematically died based on like really stupid non-safety protocol things that they could have been well, doing. And it, it's just that's really kind of the thing is that well, those scenes also kind of play out in a again those sections like there was a disease, there was somebody who got kicked by a cow. There was somebody who was trying to leave, and they weren't like they weren't supposed to leave. But then there was also like a mutiny, and then there was also attack by a giant squid. All right, so some and, of these things clearly, just like yeah. OSHA regulations could have prevented, <laughs> and the rest of it is just random acts of death. So, so how funny would it be watching this with Benny Hill music in the background? <laughs> well, you have to remember, there's no action. 
it, you'll hear the you'll hear 30 seconds of audio then it's a diorama frozen in time where you can just mm-hmm. walk around the diorama of someone that you look it down and be like oh that guy sure is dead that's a lot of blood here's three people that are watching okay i gotta i try to identify and the tricky part it does become one of those puzzles that drew was sitting next to nancy but nancy was next to her brother then kevin was you know it's like kevin's wearing a red shirt and you have to figure out who was sitting there yeah for real (laughs) though those are the worst logic puzzles yes but that's what oprah den does but it's out of all of these memories and a a crew of 50 you have to go through and again you'll be like this memory that dude got stabbed but he's alive in this memory so you have to try to remember that and then go back and forth between memories to try to let and rewatch them to be like oh that guy died then and then yeah that guy's a dick you you have completely killed my interest yeah. in this game. Well, the thing about it is that it's a really nice like brain teaser. It's like a Sudoku puzzle for me. Mm. I can sit down and just be like, well, I'm going to try to identify at least three people this round and sit down, play the game for like an hour and just be like, hmm, just, who done it? Did he die? Did he di- Death he by die. squid. Yeah, death by squid. But there was like one where this... The squid, they were loading a cannon. The squid knocked the cannon, and it shot another dude. He knocked the cannon sideways, and they sh- it went mm. off and shot another dude. It's like, <laughs> oh, that guy died from cannon blast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, shit. So, but if you watch, when, you, when you're actually walking around the ship, it's the aftermath. So you see, like, skeletons here. That cannon is over, flipped over. You see all that stuff. And then when you see the scene, it's active. Like, the cannon is blasting, and you see the explosion. You see the cannonball hit the dude, and he's frozen, like, oh. You know. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What year is this supposed to take place? 1700s, I want to say. It's right. it, but it's it's very well crafted. It's a very well crafted game that puts a spin on on something that I I, I don't know how I never would have thought of this. I never would have came up with this idea. Someone were to say make a video game, it would not be this. And that's where I am in awe of Return of the Oprah Din. I, I do love how visually striking it all is. Like the 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 different shades, it, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like if the Game Boy wasn't green tinted, but like more of a, a white tint. Yeah. And using the, the shades of black and white that way, like in a and more th- modern context, like it, it's really neat. And the settings let you change that. So you can have it the Game Boy Color. You can have it the, what is it? Well, what was, oh my God. What was the Nintendo? Can you have it, you have it the Virtual Boy Color? That's what I was saying. I think the, you the can do the Virtual black. Boy Colors. Check. <laughs> I, I'm not convinced that my bad eyesight wasn't contributed <laughs> from that. Very possibly. But the, so that the visual, it's visually striking and the the voice acting is is very well done. You hear the the kind of pirate accent. You hear some of these people have British accents, and mm-hmm. it's it's really really well committed. And then to see the diorama in action yep. is very cool because again, it's not it's not like oh dead body. Some of it's like again, guys flying through the air, octopus tentacle here, and you are it's it's like uh, it's like one of the like Sherlock. You ever watch Sherlock? No. Nope. You're asking me if I watched a television show. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> that well, happens I mean, once a year. <laughs> but think about this. Think about this. What I'm thinking about is imagine a detective and he could see he could be at the the murder scene at the exact time of the murder. And he could just stare at at it as it was happening and just be like, okay, I have to remember this. I have to look at this. And you can walk around it. That's I think they did that in the Sherlock Holmes movie too, didn't Maybe they? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. But the yeah, idea but the idea is that's what this is, is being able to see whatever's happening happen and being able to yeah. walk around it and analyze it and look for clues. And it's it's just it's fascinating. It is. It's just that's what it is. It's fascinating to me because I, again I never would have put that together as putting that as a, this is a fun conceit for a video game. And it is. It is. It honestly sure. is. I, I won't abandon the idea entirely of uh, trying. No, this. I don't. I don't think that. I mean, again, <laughs> if that if that it's an if logic puzzles are kind of annoying and frustrating to you. Yeah. No, that it may not be for you. And in this, I may not even finish it. But I will tell you, I recommend taking a look at gameplay and just watching mm. when they get the diorama and they can look around the the way it's happening and it's just visually very striking and intricate and you just stare at it and be like oh man i could just sit here and analyze this walk around and i'm gonna go behind this guy and see what's happening behind them and it's mm-hmm. it's very mm-hmm. intense yeah some of it's just time and play stuff like I, I need to be in the right mood for certain games and joel's brain bad right now <laughs> so it's yeah. like, no good I, I need i need Homer. yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> so uh another time maybe but uh, i i can see the appeal okay so that is return to the Ober- uh, return of the oberdin now uh getty we've all played hades we were talking about hades hades is great hades 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 then uh you all of a sudden were like by the way guys i got hades and we're like oh that's pretty cool and you're like by the way i just beat hades we're like oh what and then you're like oh by the yep. way i just beat it a second time we're like wait what we played it like <laughs> we and you're like no i just beat it a third time i gotta beat it like seven more times like Getty, god damn what happened you got into hades tell me about hades well you guys uh really piqued my interest that it is popping up on the the video game awards so i was like up oh, i guess it's finally time to play hades Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm not. And as much of what a are your thoughts on Hades after you've beaten it three times? Alex, you're a masochist for playing it on the Switch. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I will say I thought it was fantastic on the Switch. Still, kind of do, except for the fact that I kept thinking, man, there's this really annoying debuff they put on my character that I can't attack. I just have mm-hmm. to walk around until the debuff is gone. I wish they would visually put uh, a display on my character that would show me this debuff. Getty, right? You hate that debuff? Getty, you hate when they take away your controls? You hate when you can't attack, right? You hate it, too? So that was a conversation (laughs) that we had earlier in the week. Alex is like, man, I keep getting this really weird debuff and I can't attack. And I was like, well, I've played through it a couple of times now. I think I have a pretty good idea of the systems. And you can... You can talk to Chaos, and you can get a debuff, but it doesn't, like, stop you from attacking. And it turns Mm. out Alex's uh, Joy-Con. And this, once again, the Joy-Con, something with the word joy in it shouldn't bring this much pain and suffering to anybody's (laughs) life. It's it's literal irony. Mm -hmm. I don't... You know, see, you guys... The funnier part is, I don't... (laughs) I don't want to have more problems with my Joy-Cons. I sent them all in already. And maybe it's me fighting it. Maybe it's me in denial. But when I would play Battle Chasers, 
my Joy-Con would take over and they would just walk in a straight line. Some would call that drift, but it only happened in Battle Chasers. Now I'm getting... But now I'm getting this one problem where occasionally in Hades, my buttons will stop working. And I have to walk around in a circle until I can get more control of my attacks again. Which, again, I don't want to say it's the Joy-Cons because it's only Hades. I don't know, man. So I don't... I don't know. I don't play... So, I play other games. I play tons... I beat I beat 20XX this week, Getty. No problems. Zero issues. So my, my six-year-old, when he plays with the Switch and he has Joy-Cons, he has a death grip. Like, he'll... He'll just like cling to dear That's life with these Hades. things and, and shake it around. <laughs> Arona, what kind of death grip do you have on your Switch? I have more of a death grip when I'm doing when I'm playing 20XX than I do Hades. I think mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. Hades, and that's why I said that Alex is a sick individual. Do you play handheld or TV mostly? Handheld. Okay. It's a convenience. Um, yes, but there... I, 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 but the thing is though is that convenience does not trump. Me having problems playing the game, so I I I don't remember how, but I somehow have a copy on PC, so I will now start over on PC. I'm going to make a recommendation here for you. <laughs> uh, so this is something that I bought a while ago. Oh, is I that the giant, the thing that makes your Switch like triple in size? Yes, yes, the the Hori uh, Switch Split Pad Pro. Uh, it basically just like uh, attaches two halves of a 360 controller <laughs> to the sides of your switch, but it feels good. It has good handle on it compared to the, the Joy Cons, and I've not experienced any drift whatsoever on it. So like something to consider. <laughs> I will put that on my wish list. So that was a completely uh, fun way to sidetrack this conversation. Yes. Is it talking yes. about all the problems that Alex has had with the game? Getty, yes. what do you, do, are you enjoying your time with Hades? I am enjoying it quite a bit. And uh, there's a number of reasons why uh, I'm smitten with the game. Tell and, me. And uh, actually, it's not. I, I've already finished my game of the year. And I would not consider myself done with this game until I find out how the story ends. And that means okay. completing it 10 times. Or at least, and I know people who have completed it who have completed it like fifteen times and are still finding new stuff. Yeah. Have you found the fishing mini game yet? Yes. Okay. So, did you make friends with the boulder yet? The boulder? I would say no. Then I, I hung out with Sisyphus a whole bunch. If you if you okay. become friends with him enough, you can be, become friends with his boulder. Okay. And you could start giving gifts to the boulder. Ooh. Yeah, but there's uh, there's like you said, Alex. There's stuff that just keeps popping up and things I wasn't expecting. So. Over the course of, you know, my first couple of attempts were nothing to write home about. I was actually kind of, like, bummed. I was like, I, I feel like I could do much better than this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I it was about try 10 when I first got to Hades. And I was like, man, this guy sucks. Because I, <laughs> he beat me on his first phase. And then the yeah. next attempt, I got him to the second phase. And I was like, oh fantastic so there's two phases for this guy and the run i did last night was with the sword so it's the first time i beat hades with a sword and he got me down to 11 hp i had no uh revives left in the bank and i just barely beat him but Mm. 
the replayability from the game because each time you go through the different items that you can find and the gifts from the gods it makes for a completely different play each time and it it can really make or break your run i really don't generally care for roguelites is is what i've learned in recent years as they gain more popularity uh the randomness often feels like it is just a way to elongate a game without adding anything hades is not like no that. it has the, the random... all of the stuff in it too right i mean i mean the random the randomness is there but it only adds to the experience because there's just so much you can discover and find and the writing is fantastic like they add context to what's happening so like that first boss I probably died four or five times trying to fight her. And each time you come back, like the text would change to mention about how you got your ass whooped the prior time. And then the time you beat her, you know, and then you have to come back to her. Oh, she's sort of like uh, a little bit pissed off about how you were able to beat her that time and sort of on a vengeance uh, role there. But it doesn't even end there. After, so you beat Meg a couple of times and then the mm -hmm. other Furies show up. And then a third Fury shows up, and you're like, all right, well, I memorized the first battle, so here's mm -hmm. two other variations to it. And then last night, I the clear that I did, so there's, I believe it's called the Extreme Conditions Clause in mm -hmm. the Punishment Contract. That's the one I was telling you guys about, where you have to fight one of the three Furies randomly, but it adds the other yeah. two's abilities to it. So... Now that I beat it with that level, I think that I can do the second the second uh, level of that Extreme Conditions Clause. And I can't okay. even imagine what the Theseus uh, and Minotaur fight would be like with that. I'm pretty sure that's, I'm going to die. That's where I'm stuck, is that I think I'm on eight runs only. but Because I've, I've really been trying to take my time and really enjoy each run and just kind of sit there and think about it. But... I I've gotten to the Minotaur uh, Theseus fight that that's where I'm kind of just been like kind of stuck because as soon as you beat the Minotaur Theseus kind of goes into like a berserk mode which makes it very difficult. He but... doesn't he doesn't berserk. It's both of them get like um, they have phases. So the second that they clear into phase two, that's when it becomes a real piss off. Mm. So if you get Theseus down to half health, then he calls on the gods to assist him and his. His support is random, so sometimes it'll be Artemis, sometimes it'll be uh, Dionysus, and it will just, like, it could be a pattern, or it could be just complete random anarchy. I think the time he got Poseidon, I was super pissed because it kept dropping, uh, like, a wave that would draw me oh. in. Yeah, I, like, I hate this that. Is, this is trash. I did not do well <laughs> and, and then. <laughs> And then, Joel, they keep adding more and more systems that just make sense the more you play. Uh, yeah. where, I'm, where I'm at, I unlocked a, a Fates system mm -hmm. where you get, uh, you get loot for, not like gear, but you get like, you know, more currencies for completing certain tasks. Like, oh, I've met, all, I met these five gods. And then the next time, it'll be like, if you meet this god, you should take this blessing from him. And yeah. And the thing is, is that I'll go and meet a god and they'll give me a list of blessings and one of them will just say on the side, you were fated to do this one. Which is a and nice way of saying you needed to check it off the list. But if you mm. check it off the list, then I will get bonus currency. But I, it's not the best one. Crap, I gotta think about this. And that's, <laughs> that's what I mean. And there's a, 
there's just more to it that they they build upon and it's not very, yeah. it's not again I'm 10 runs in and I haven't beaten it but I mean still it's just they do build it kind of slow in enough ways mm. that make it a lot of you fun you only get like bite-sized portions of the story after you beat Hades each time so I will tell okay. you that having finished it 3 times I still have so much more that I need to know about Mm-hmm. And uh, when you go back to Hades, uh, well, you go back to the underworld each time, everybody in the environment is, they they say weird stuff to you and they, they like hint at it. I think my favorite is the, like the sleeping guy who's every time you die, he'll tell you how you died. And if you mm-hmm. get defeated by Hades, he's like, oh, you got beat by Redacted again. And every time <laughs> I ask people, they won't tell me who Redacted is. Yeah. <laughs> and, then the, the, um, and then the other part is that it's not even... Uh, beating it, you also uh, I I did uh, I think on my sixth run they said why don't you take a take a rest and I took a rest and it took me to a dream sequence yep where yeah I, I was hearing more about the story and learning about what was going on and the world and mm-hmm. they do they do a lot with it so yeah yeah I I needed to back into this it, it's something that I I really enjoyed the four or five runs I've done of it but I I was sort of picking away at gotta, the progress. You gotta play more. It's so I gotta play it, more. The weapons. I know. So, all right. Some of the weapons. I thought that the gun was like the dumbest thing ever. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Why does he have a gun? This is awful. And then that was the first run where I actually beat it. I was like, oh well. <laughs> I guess it wasn't that it dumb. Wasn't, it wasn't that dumb. <laughs> but I really love the bow. I just have trouble mm-hmm. when it comes to the bosses with the bow, unless you like run up behind them and then just smash yeah. the special button so that he fires mm-hmm. like eight arrows into their back. That's that's the only way right. to do it. But you also have to depend I, on the the blessings you get. So yeah, I think my big thing is I need to be more strategic in my play. Because, like, one thing I found was that early on, I loved the melee weapons a lot more. Especially the sword that you start with. Like, you're dashing around, trying to zip between enemies, getting your shots in, zipping out of danger. And Spear. It was more, it was more fun for me that way, but also it opens you up to a lot more danger when you're trying to do it all speed run light so i probably need to approach it a little more strategically and methodically I definitely recommend going with the spear so that you have both the spear. melee and the range okay. and uh, if you're really smart about it you can do like the you throw the spear with the special and then zip around and try and maximize how many people you hit when you recall it because you get the the backstab damage if you paid into it okay yeah, I'll take that into consideration. I'll try that next time. I'm See, I was all about I was all about bow and arrow. <laughs> bow and arrow is my my jam. It's not bad. It's just I have trouble getting in the right position without getting destroyed. Hmm. Now, um, I say let's go home with Gone Home, the real quick last game I wanted to talk about. Uh, you guys have heard of Gone Home, I assume. Yes. Yes. It is a very interesting uh, idea where you are a, a college student returning home to see your family after you have been abroad for uh, about a month and no one is home and you're, the game is you exploring the world and picking up artifacts, looking them over, just the, the artifacts. But, you know, you're picking up papers, picking up items, picking up ball, like a basketball, picking up a shoe, picking up whatever's going on and kind of piecing together where everybody is. Yeah. 
but it's not like, oh, I'm going to figure out where mom is. And it's not, it's not the Oberdin. This is more that you pick up the right item and all of a sudden you hear a diary entry of your little sister. And you're slowly piecing together what had occurred, where is everybody, what happened, because something happened where everyone kind of jetted really fast and you don't know what happened. And I don't, it was just kind of on a whim. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling the best. I wasn't sick or anything. I just wasn't feeling like really like energetic on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I popped that on and popped gone home on. And it was like two hours of just kind of watching things play out and just finding out more about the people living here and what their time was like while well, I was gone for a month, you know, I've gone, I don't know what anyone's been doing. I don't know what's been happening. And it tells the story of a struggling little sister going through something and not finding the parents to be as supportive as they should be. Okay. Hmm. So it does take a, a, a more serious tone in a way that's both happy and sad and, and serious, but also lighthearted and at points. And it tells a very universal story of just finding the first person, you know, finding that person that makes you feel special and making and falling in love with that person. And then finding out that that's not, your parents are not supportive of that. And, you know, trying to fight against that and trying to understand that the world's not the the way it should be. So you just, and you're again, a teenager in high school. So of course things aren't as easy. So, um, mm-hmm. finding the artifacts, seeing what was going on. Like, you know, there, it. what I found more adorable was that I went through different phases of music as a high schooler and college student. You know, I like, this is my punk phase. I'm listening to the punk music. And I'm, and they do that where you'll see, oh, uh, she's really, in, uh, uh, this person I like is really into punk. And then you see all of a sudden you go to her room and now there's punk posters and different stuff. And you're like, Oh, you went through a punk phase. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it that's, does. That's relatable. I was here before. <laughs> yeah. It feels like a universal story that people can relate to while at the same time trying to say some, trying to say, say something real about what it feels like to be in love as a teenager and also feel like you don't belong. So I think that, that was a PS Plus game at some point. Yes, yes. And that's kind of yeah. where I was like, I was looking through my games, and I was like, I just kind of want to lay back and kind of relax with something on a you know, Sunday afternoon and pop that in and be like, wow, this is, mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. a lot. There's, there's a lot of quality here. The writing is well done. This feels like a world. The fact that I could identify those own stages in my own life, to me, said something about it. Meaning, like, this is real. This feels authentic. So uh, I would recommend you got you got two hours. I would I'd recommend taking a look at uh, Gone Home. It just it feels oh. really like something quality. Okay. Now uh, that is the last of our backlog blog. So let's move on to one last thing. One last thing. We give one last sa- sentence. One last statement. Sending us into the weekend and you, the listener, into the weekday. Uh, for me. I have been working on a thousand piece puzzle in my home and I'm so glad, so glad, so glad I finished it. Uh, my partner Beth is thinking about possibly framing it. I'm trying to convince her to set it on fire. <laughs> Joel? Uh, guys, I have Fire Emblem Warriors. Uh, should I move on to that next? Wow. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't beat it yeah. yet. Do it. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was one that I bought just because it was like 
15 bucks at Best Buy a few months back. You guys remember when I had that weird odyssey that I was over in Iowa waiting for my car to be repaired and I was sort of just like wandering the streets? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was when I got <laughs> in, in, in a delirium and, and being sweat drenched from how hot it was. Yeah, I was like, okay, I'm going to buy one for me. And then I never touched it as one does. Get after it. Getty? Uh, I got like a shit ton of games tomorrow. So, you know, Fire Emblem, whatever, the Who's It's of the Dragon. I can. St- oh, are you buying the NES uh, Fire Emblem yep, game? Yeah, just waiting for it to let me play it. And then I got Kingdoms of Amalar, Re Reckoning. Reckoning. Re Reckoning. Yeah. And I keep telling you to play Hollow Knight. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I got, like it. I'll do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Calm Wait, down, hold on, Alex. hold on. Wait, the Fire Emblem, the first one, right, is coming the first to one. Switch, right? Yeah, I didn't yeah. get the physical edition. <laughs> that thing is so stupid. <laughs> no, I got the, the like the five six dollar download. Right, that's all I need. Yeah, that's that sounds like it's about what it's worth. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean. I keep telling myself, okay, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to not write so much. And then I'm like, oh, I'll review these three games. You did Crap. this to yourself. I do. Yeah. You have no one to blame but yourself. Yep. That's... It's always me. And that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio. Uh, we are streaming, but I got I to gotta say I'm going to go the opposite this week. We have lots of streams. We're still streaming. We're having fun. All of us. Joel's doing Hollow Knight. It's bomb. I'm into it. But <laughs> focusing on the other side of it, Twitter. We have been getting some new followers, and I am very excited to try to say we should try to get more followers who are developers. Those people who are making the indie games, trying out new things. The three-man teams who just want their game to be played. I want to talk to them. I want to see their games flourish. I want to follow them. I want them to follow us, and I want us to be able to promote those indies. I need to look at one of our games that we talked about on this podcast just went 1.0, and I have to relook at that to find out which one it was. But I want to talk about these games, and I want to promote these games, and we will continue to promote these games. As long as Super GG Radio is around, I want to continue to promote indies. You hear that? Three more episodes, Three guys. Three more episodes. Three more episodes. Three more episodes. Then we're canceled. <laughs> no, I think we are so obligated suggest to make us. it to 100 at this point. Yes, we are. Yeah, we're so close. <laughs> but please try to share us with your developer friends. We want to promote them. Yeah, take the stress off of me, guys. Mm-hmm. They should suggest yeah. games for us to play. I shouldn't have to troll people on Alphabet. Was it ABC Gamer? Alpha Beta Gamer. Alpha, Gamer. Whatever. I don't even know what that website is. I've Sigma, never been to it. Lambda. I don't, I don't yeah. know what the internet is. Also, to be fair, I also messaged a developer recently. I have a game for you. If you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com. Provide a review on iTunes or the string of game spoilers of your choice. I don't even get that reference. What? We spoiled like three games in a row. Yeah, we spoiled the shit out of three games (laughs) in the beginning here. Well, thanks for listening. GG, Joel. (sighs) Good game. GG, Getty. GG? Why does it say octopus tentacle here on the... the 
The Doc. Episode title. Episode title. All right. Good night, everybody. Thank you.